0: Hi, and welcome to the Data Engineering Podcast, hosted by Cynthia. I'm Jason Gould. I'll be looking after the discussion every week. We'll cover a host of topics like DevOps and tooling, programming languages, strategies, and all that kind of stuff. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy it. Hopefully, we'll catch you next time. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to the Data Platform Podcast, um, hosted by Cynthia. Um, I'm Jason, with me here today I have uh, Tomo and Cella, they'll introduce themselves in a second. Uh, and today's topic is going to be uh, data engineering and the role of DevOps within that. Uh, hi guys. Hey Jason, hi. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I can go.
1: I mean, this is episode one, right? Oh, yeah. So we have to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Tomo and I'm chief data architect in Cintio. I've uh, been in Cintio since the start and uh, so far I have... 23 years of engineering experience as a software developer and Data guy
2: Joe. Yeah, hi, my name is Ivan. Uh, I'm a principal consultant in Cintio. I've been here for three and a half years And uh, I'm uh, in charge of the DevOps team uh, in Sintio
0: Cool, nice hi. to see you guys. So on that topic of um, You know DevOps with data engineering how important is it? Tomo, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I can start. Uh, yeah, the, the DevOps is in data engineering. I would say it came to to like uh, our focus when we started working on cloud environments. I think that a cloud environment is a perfect environment where you can implement both CI/CD and DevOps, and you don't have to. Think about it a lot, you don't have to you know, range near the way you think, the way you deploy applications. It's just, I would say, a natural uh, natural habitat for DevOps. And overall, I'm super happy when we started doing it. I was super happy with the tools that, that were available at the time, mostly Jenkins. And But it, it was in some way, you know, you, you could always imagine it being more simple and more effective but uh, yeah i think it's it's very important and i think that it should be essential part of every uh, deployment that that everything should be more or less automated to a high level and uh, don't yeah i guess that you will be able to say how much we can say on that you have <laughs> much more experience but i think it's for, for from engineering and architecture standpoint it makes all the sense
0: yeah, thank you. But um, we
1: have even here, and even yeah. is yeah so, a
0: specialist. Okay, guys, we we will refer to Ivan as Cella, because that's his name. In yeah, his, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. is. We all have our nicknames, and, and yeah. Tomo is not called Tomo in real life either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so,
1: happy birthday, Cella! No, yeah, Jella's it's birthday. It's his yes, birthday. Yes, today birthday. birthday. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, I mean, if we if we take it back a step and actually have a look at, you know, we, we talk about data engineering and, and DevOps. Um, Maybe we should explain
1: what data engineering is. Okay, yeah, uh, I already explained it in our video. Maybe Chella can
0: <laughs> take, <laughs> give thoughts. Yeah. Take a
1: swing.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, data engineering is uh, is is I would say it's a relatively uh, a new name for the discipline of uh, of working with data. So previously it was business intelligence and so on, and uh, there. Uh, I mean, in my experience, we used with some we used some uh, old tools that were hard to version and hard to, uh, wh- which we t- it was hard to work with in a devops way. And today, data engineering is much closer to software engineering, and uh, there are a lot of cool open source tools uh, or services that you can uh, use and integrate uh, using different programming languages uh, to get what you want, and that's to. Uh, to, to take the data, uh, modify transform it, and put it in another place and ser- serve it for someone else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in short, uh, yeah, data engineering for me is a sub-discipline of software engineering uh, that's, that's uh,
1: focused on data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't worry about it. It's 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 hard to explain. Yeah. We are trying to explain yeah, it we, for
0: the last yeah, <laughs> four years. The company specializes in data engineering, and we can't we have a really good way of telling people <laughs> what it is. Yeah,
1: I would just add to what Chella said. I've, I fully agree with with uh, his take, uh, and uh, I also just maybe it's important to say that data. Uh, the, uh, I mean, before we have database development, we we have data warehouse development and all that stuff, and we also had integrations. Integrations, data integrations were more or less done point to point and using the available tools and platforms like from vendors like Oracle or IBM or Tipco. And um, right now, I think the data engineering covers both uh, what, de- what the data integrations used to do, what integrations departments used to do, and what uh, data warehousing and analytics department used to do. And don't get me started where where the uh, data analytics begin and data science stops and whatever uh, yeah i mean i I think from
0: output from a sort of business perspective what's different these days is that you can do data engineering now on a sort of case-by-case basis you don't need some Mm. uh, giant platform site in the middle you can break it up quite a bit which obviously then gives you your speed and all the rest of it because it's much more analogous these days with software engineering than it is database administration. Um, you know, it's a super exciting time to be working in the industry. Yeah. 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 Um, so then we'll get back to the, we've defined what data engineering is, yeah. so. In the last five minutes. Yeah, in the last yeah. five minutes. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> we Not use. the last four years. <laughs> <Not I mean. laughs> mm. So then my question is, is that, you know, with it being analogous to software engineering, is that why the DevOps part of it is so important?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, for me, as I already mentioned, previously you had those big, chunky tools that had their functionalities and it was hard to, uh, to do something, that uh, to prepare something like a continuous integration, continuous deployment pipeline. But today uh, we develop custom solutions, as I said, uh, using different tools and uh, different uh, languages and uh, develop our own modules, and we know, uh, so we, each module or whatever, or program application which we are working on, we know what we want it to do. And uh, we, we uh, do everything custom, a lot of it custom, let's say, and uh, it's good uh, with all of these changes to be able to deploy new features quickly to be able to uh, automatize testing uh, uh, or whatever, so we know when we push new changes that we don't break anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's important that, uh, as in our teams, we always have at least uh, three, four, five engineers working on the same uh, same product. Uh, it's mm-hmm. great It's and uh, very important for them to be able to work uh, without affecting each other, and uh, so each of them knows who made some kind of change, uh, why it was made, and for all of them to have a Overview of, of what be, what's being done there. Uh, it's not anymore that uh, everyone's working on their own chunk on, on their own part and uh, Just on maybe some business logic here mm-hmm. apart from business business logic. We are working on a lot of uh, application features and uh, That can change a lot and it's uh, it's very important uh, to, to keep some kind of control over that
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So you support basically with that kind of work you support federated development as a concept
2: yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm.
1: And and the great part w- which I just want, maybe I already mentioned it, but I will repeat myself because I'm old and I, I'm allowed to do that. But deploying infrastructure components, I mean, you could do that since the, uh, since virtual machines hit the market. You could always configure and run virtual machine, but um, running uh, managed services on cloud is something that you, you use from time to time, I would say more often than not and being able to deploy both those services and configure those services uh, based on the specifics of a use case it's it's super cool, I yeah. think that's really really important Not only
2: super cool but it, it, uh, it can uh uh, it can improve the time to market very, very fast. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially in our part of work. So, before you had uh, some kind of server or whatever where you deployed the tool and you were just working on it. Uh, but nowadays, as I said, we use different tools and uh, build these different custom solutions. So it's very important for us to be able to uh, to deploy the whole solution along with infrastructure test it, see if it works, and, uh, and change it, modify it, scale it. Uh, not having to wait for uh, some administrators or someone or someone's approval uh, for a month before the uh, change can be deployed, because otherwise our agile way of working would be very slow and very inefficient.
0: So that was something I was going to mention on that topic, was that, you know, so then, for, for somebody who doesn't know about this sort of uh, relatively new concept, um, previously, you know, you would have had a tool, as you mentioned, from IBM Oracle or TIBCO or whatever, and your development, if you like, your creation of value would have been done inside of those platforms. Mm-hmm. Whereas I get the impression nowadays that's very much more a case of, you know, you write it in Golang or Java or Python or whatever, and mm-hmm. it effectively is a separate application itself, program system, whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah, that's true. I would say that uh, on the projects that I've been working on, we've been basically reinventing, uh, the, building the whole new application from start that can accommodate all of our needs and work uh, better than those old, old solutions and old programs that you had. Which uh, you could modify in, in some way, but very hard. And uh, nowadays, as you said, uh, you build different uh, boxes and modules that uh, do all the work that you need. And uh, you, it's important uh, since, since you work in an agile way uh, that you, you form some kind of hypothesis, test it, and uh, try uh, try to code that, uh, deploy it, and if you're if you are satisfied with that, proceed with the development and push it
0: mm-hmm. to production. So we, we mentioned cloud there, uh, mm-hmm. and and obviously a lot of people might not be aware, but it, you know if, if you want to do DevOps in cloud, how how does that work with you using you know serverless functions and stuff like that?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's easier, I would say, than on-prem uh, because, as I said, uh, pre- if you work on on-prem, you work with fixed solution. The, the only thing that you could uh, work with was uh, virtual machines. But now, uh, virtual machines are actually, I would say, uh, infrastructure as a service. Or yeah, mm-hmm. and today, uh, with different cloud providers, uh, which we work mostly with GCP, Azure, and AWS. Even though we uh, are. Uh, testing other ones as well you have different uh, infra- uh, you have different platforms as a service and services as a service uh, which you you basically just use and integrate uh, using as you've mentioned already Python or go or Java and uh, yeah uh, it's it's all very modular and it needs to be connected somehow so you take some service uh, try to uh, leverage its uh, its best features mm-hmm. and integrate into your own uh, platform or application yeah. whatever you're working
1: on. You can on. actually choose the proper tool for, for every job and I would also like to add that uh, I, I, I think that it's very important with the uh, this this uh, DevOps way of thinking is that you can also uh, put sc- uh, scaling Once you start to optimize, as you nicely described, the whole process of uh, developing solution, deploying, testing, and then in the end, you know, if you have to optimize it in a way that you have, for instance, some batch process that takes huge amounts of resources, and those resources are not available in your data center, or, you know, most of the day they just sit there and, and consume electricity. And in cloud you can deploy, you can make scaling as a part of your deployment. For instance, you can spin up a, a Spark cluster with, I don't know, 100 nodes, do it, everything in 15, 16 minutes and then turn it off. Yeah, It's it's also part of the CICD, it's also part of the deployment, and I would say essential part of DevOps thinking.
0: So infrastructure as code, that is a big part of, of mm. what you do?
1: Yeah, I would say so.
2: so sure. I would say, there, uh, I mean, DevOps, uh, is, DevOps encompasses a lot of things and there are different levels of maturity. I would say the basic one, like the level one, is just to version your code. And then after that, you, you try to uh, create some kind of pipeline that just uh, has continuous integration of that code and uh, uh, continuous delivery of that code and uh, after that continuous deployment. And that's just the code for your app. Uh, a little uh, more mature level would be to also have some kind of separate pipeline for infrastructure as a code. Yeah. So uh, here, because all of those services uh, can be configured in code, you can, uh, you can write configuration files and version them as well. And uh, as the same way you deploy the application, you, you can deploy the entire infrastructure and that can be a separate pipeline and then uh, once uh, your product and the whole team are mature enough you can merge those into one and have just one big pipeline that uh, manages both the code and the infrastructure mm-hmm. and uh, does changes and uh, testing and so on automatically
0: and then that goes back to the point tomo just made of being able to fire up a whole infrastructure do your job with it and get rid of it so you're no longer even the point of consuming electricity but you don't have to buy all of those servers in the first place. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. And, you, and I mean, the thing is that you will never get them to run, you know, in, in an optimum way. It will either be, you know, not enough power or just just laying there, sleeping, idle. I yeah. being idle. <laughs> So, and none of those things is something that you want, but that's that's another topic. It goes more to why you should use cloud if you don't have yeah. very good reasons not to, uh, but yeah consumption wise and and everything. but that's some other topic, I guess. And this this one is is um, CICD is really, really good and, and I think that uh, also even chela uh what uh, what are the tools that you prefer i mean i have uh, from when i started using terraformer and looking at it i liked it immediately because it's kind of mm. s- s- separates um, all these p- parameters and configurations from the execution from the building which i think is beautiful it's just super super uh, visible are there any other tools that you are currently using or like using or things that should be also I mean we for uh, we use terraform uh, mm-hmm. very often for provisioning yeah
2: mm-hmm. uh, it is I mean it's still a, it, it's a relatively new tool it's still not uh, mature it's still not in the 1.0 version but mm-hmm. it has a lot of uh, not plugins but additional tools that support mm-hmm. it uh, to, to, to help you uh, build those terraform like uh, Terra right? grant mm-hmm. uh, Terra test and so mm-hmm. terraformer. And mm-hmm. so on. Uh, that's but that's mostly what we use for uh, for deploying resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, different cloud providers have their own methods to do this, mm-hmm. uh, but using Terraform uh, helps you build like a cloud cloud agnostic pipeline for uh, provisioning. So it's it's very good to use it, and it's uh, it has modules for uh, lots of different uh, cloud providers, and not only them, but uh, different. Uh, open-source services or some integrations that are available there, so you can do everything in that tool and uh, with the cloud providers services, for example, ARM for Azure, mm-hmm. you're locked in for that one service. Mm-hmm. But we use different other tools uh, in our uh, CICD uh, you call it, um, environment, uh, mm-hmm. for, but for different reasons. For for example, for automatization, as you mentioned before, uh, we started with Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, which doesn't have a serverless uh, component so you have yeah. to have it installed mm-hmm. but nowadays uh, when we work on different cloud platforms we usually use their tools for mm-hmm. example uh, uh, azure devops pipelines for azure um, cloud build for gcp yeah. and so on and uh, since uh, internally in our r&d all of our code is versioned in uh, github mm-hmm. we use github actions to build those mm-hmm. pipelines as well mm-hmm. Apart from that, yeah, we use different tools, but uh, most of it is uh, custom, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, super. And how would you, uh, like, uh, today, if you were giving someone the, the, like, the career advice on does he want to go in either DevOps or software engineering, how would you attract him to go DevOps I, way? I mean, I, I, I would not try to
2: attract him. For me, it's
1: very tight. Uh, for mm-hmm. me...
2: Uh, if you want to be a good software engineer or data engineer, it's it's important uh, that you know uh, DevOps because uh, that actually uh, you you have to understand uh, to build a good DevOps pipeline or um, uh, provisioning, uh, pipe, uh, provisioning pipeline or whatever you need to know your application and uh, only only the, the developers can actually build the good pipeline with uh, the tests they mm-hmm. uh, needs that uh, they know that need to be run uh, for the application to be tested properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, it's important, to, if you want to take complete ownership uh, and be, uh, be in charge of your application, it's important that you build it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's good, I mean, it's always good to work with other DevOps engineers that are
1: uh, that have more knowledge about it. Yeah, uh, maybe but for certain technology like yeah. or something and like that. That's
2: yeah. how I've been working. Mm. Uh, I've been working with different uh, DevOps specialized engineers and trying, always trying to learn from them, uh, pick up their best practice. Mm. And then uh, always, I would—I mean, if I started working on something new, I would want to be the one that builds that CSD pipeline because only I could, uh, if I built the application, I could uh, know what needs to be tested uh, mm-hmm. and uh, how to deploy it and when,
1: yeah. I so, like your answer. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it uh, is,
0: and it's good, that I think, um, mm-hmm. and it's something I think is absolutely key, is that mm-hmm. actually all, all the software engineers understand how to deploy their code. Absolutely, you
1: have to build your own code. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and, and what sort of stuff it runs on and all mm. that kind of stuff, so multi-skilled. So if I go back just a little bit and, and what I'm hearing um, from what we've discussed is maybe we have a better definition of uh, data engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And, uh, do, do we then just say that data engineer is a software engineer that specializes in, in data? Yeah. And, and the moving of data around between systems. Yeah, so it's say. a software engineering proficiency okay. um, And obviously as anybody who works in the software industry will know people specialize in stuff you, you can't it's such a big field like you know any kind of engineering you can't know mm-hmm. everything. So a data engineer is a software engineer specialized in making sure the data gets to where it needs to go in the right format at the right time.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, this is the,
0: Four years the short so far. Okay,
1: so right now, yeah, well, we have it recorded, yeah. right? so. <laughs> yeah, Cool, great. and then, of course,
0: when you look at it from a software mm-hmm. engineering perspective, you know, um, the ability to uh, use infrastructure as code and all of that kind of stuff obviously um, makes it far easier to set up environments, mm-hmm. tear down environments, which is super important when you go to test it. Because it doesn't matter what you sort of do um, and my sort of 30 odd years of uh, software engineering mm-hmm. comes in here is that there is nothing, a production-like system, the only production-like system you have is production. Exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're sort of using a DevOps approach to it and you're using the same uh, routines to build your test environment as you do to build your um, production environment, mm-hmm. well then you've got a system that... Uh, Certainly, from the end to end of the data pipeline, um, mm-hmm. should be identical.
1: Exactly, and I mean, if you automate your uh, incremental deployments and your initial deployments, whatever I mean, uh, you just move it uh, from humans performing it to computers, and computers do not do, you know, they don't make mistakes, oh. the same ones that that you would do by manually deploying the stuff. But what I'm interesting, Jason, and you can maybe answer it for me. In huge organizations, you have been working in in some of the biggest ones. Is DevOps something that is considered uh, purely engineering skill, technology, or is DevOps uh, like also tried to be implemented as a business value or a business I, I methodology?
0: Think it depends on the company. Mm-hmm. So, um, in in some. It's just engineering, mm-hmm. um, but I think anything you look at that is just engineering mm-hmm. is a mistake, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. effectively, you know, the, the end goal of an organization is to improve the service to the customer, increase revenue, whatever the goal might be. Mm-hmm. If your software engineers, DevOps engineers, data engineers, whatever they might be, don't have those same goals in mind then you're always going to not produce the best system for what you want it for. Mm. Uh, and I think DevOps becomes as part of that. The trouble I see is the disconnect, with it just being an engineering thing, mm. is that then from a planning, finance and, and ways of working perspective, the rest of the organization can't cope with the speed. Uh, you almost have to do the agile transformation right across the entire company in order to get the, the best benefits. Um, for me, there's always benefit in automation. For mm-hmm. sure. Because the thing that I get, and you were sort of alluded to it a second ago, was um, when you deploy something manually, there is stuff that you do, that you just do automatically, that mm-hmm. when somebody says, so can you write me some instructions on how to deploy this, you forget about it. Mm-hmm. Because you just go, oh, I just do this and this, 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 this. And there's like 20 little things you do to make it work that are just in your head because you do it so frequently. When you get to the point of having to actually write that down as code, that's the bit where you find out, oh, these are all the things that we have to do in the environment to get it to work. Mm. Um, You know, I've fiddle with this little bit over here because I know that that will be a problem later. Mm. Uh, And coding all of that stuff up actually teaches you a lot about how the system works because Mm. to get it all to work as code is pretty difficult. Mm. Uh, But once you've got it, it's amazing. It's
2: a
1: great point, actually. Mm -hmm.
2: I completely agree. Uh, And uh, I would say that uh, from my experience, it's not that you build that pipeline and it lasts there for years, Mm-hmm. Uh, each time you uh, you think of something new, or w- once you think about your app, you try to see what the boundaries are and how to test them. And then you write tests for that and uh, implement them. And each time something is deployed, those tests are being run. And if you have some kind of an issue, you can always try to test uh, and that's actually... Uh, that, that test will make sure that never happens again. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that pipeline is some kind of... Uh, co yeah, yeah. Co- base of knowledge
1: about your app. About yeah, sure. Ever, sure, and it should ever, be. Evolving. Yeah, and it should be.
0: Yeah,
1: it should be. I mean, it's the idea. So what 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 are we saying? Are we saying that agile should be called devops, <laughs> because you can't actually perform devops in in a classic waterfall? So maybe we can switch agile.
0: <laughs> can we make sure that when <laughs> methodology. We, uh, so when he says agile here, just to be clear, anybody that's listening, he's saying it with a small a, not not a capital a. <laughs> Because yeah. agile is just the approach you take, mm. uh, and as you say, DevOps, the continuous mm. uh, alter- integrate um, integration, continuous test, continuous mm. deployment um, is basically the underpinning of what agile really is. Exactly. Agile is not following some processes, and, and mm. uh, uh, you know there's a vast difference between doing agile and being agile. Mm. Uh, and being agile is what you want to get to, because that mm. is the thing that says. Um, you know, I accept things are going to change and I'm prepared for that. Mm. Yeah,
1: right.
2: yeah, for me, the, uh, DevOps is the same mindset of Agile and uh, it, uh, it greatly enables you to be Agile because if you don't have uh, some kind of pipeline and that, uh, some kind of enabler that helps you deploy frequently and test frequently, uh, test, test your hypothesis frequently, mm. it's very hard to be Agile. Well, you, you can,
0: if, it, 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 until it's running somewhere, yeah, it's a waterfall project. No, yeah. Not only
2: until it's running, <laughs> yeah, until it's deployed. It's yeah, exactly. Deployed, yeah. and uh, some customers look into it and see if they like it. Yeah. If, if that's what they wanted, uh, yeah, it's, it's a waterfall project, like I said.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that's that's actually a key fundamental thing. The whole idea and the concept behind Agile was that you you do something, you you get it out, uh, the customer uses it, you take that feedback and you you change if necessary. Uh, and DevOps fundamentally underpins that whole concept. And so until it's running and people are using it and you're getting that feedback, then it's just a waterfall project. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I would say a good DevOps pipeline can really increase your time to market. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been working on projects where previously in the beginning, it took us like a month to put some feature into production. And for example, nowadays, uh, if it's a small small thing, uh, you, can, you can just uh, code those changes and run the pipeline this could be in production, like 20 minutes, half an hour, if you have uh, everything uh, automatized. Mm. So, I
0: mean, if we go back to that DevOps thing, then if if we look at currently all the biggest companies in the world, mostly tech companies, you know, we look at the likes of Amazon, Apple, Google, uh, Microsoft, you know, Spotify. all of these big things, Spotify are coming up, Netflix. Mm. Um, these guys are all using DevOps as their way of working, mm. uh, using an agile approach, I mean, I know some make more change than others, but I think I heard the last one I heard was Amazon makes something like 15,000 changes to production every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, surely that's got to be the approach you want to take these days if you, I mean, time to market is super important. Uh, Actually getting stuff tested, until the customer's seen it, it doesn't exist. Uh, And for me, DevOps is the bit that underpins all of that, whether it be traditional software engineering you're doing or brand new data engineering that, that we're doing. Oh, definitely
1: i mean all these changes are happening on the fly and you don't have to you know reinstall the applications or install updates and have issues with all of that stuff it's much it's much easier to put just feature at a time few features at a time so and that's effective.
0: something that i wanted to get onto that's a perfect mm-hmm. oh, segue okay. into the next bit i wanted to discuss was so from an architecture perspective mm-hmm. i want to use devops What do I need to do? Because surely changing stuff all the time, you know, if I've got a whole raft of dependencies, how does that fit in?
1: I would just say what what, uh, Cella said, it's uh, shortening your, if your um, uh, runtime environment is your market, in that sort of thinking, then it shortens the time to market. So, when, when I'm um, putting some features into a technology perspective, I can put feature by feature, I can put pieces of features, and I'm always, it's so much easier to think about something that is already happening, and that will happen immediately when we test it, than to create large gaps, you know, putting hard stops, and then waiting for different teams, different people to be done with their work. This so, is,
0: so yeah. can I do DevOps? You know, say I'm a, a big uh, traditional company, been running mm-hmm. for you know a few decades now, got some legacy systems, mm-hmm. some core systems, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, as most big enterprises do. They've been around for a while. Um, you know, c- can I just start doing DevOps in my architecture right now, or do I need to decouple the architecture? Or
1: yeah, sure. I mean, you, you it would be perfect if you start with devops way of thinking which will lead you to decoupling your architecture whenever you remove these hard dependencies it's much easier or quicker hmm. it's easier because things are working you know with their own scope with their own features and there are no hard dependencies that are going to be broken each time that you put put uh, one of the services down or on hold while so deployed. so
0: so then i, I would say that um you don't have to start with a decoupled architecture, but sure, certainly yeah. that should be the goal. Of course. Because yeah. you can't change stuff quickly where you have to manage loads of dependencies because that's what a lot of companies face. It's, mm-hmm. it's not actually the coding that takes time. It's mm-hmm. the tightly coupled architecture exactly. requiring the huge amounts exactly. of testing and everything else.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, and, and uh, this is uh, impact
0: analysis. are
1: are were the longest ones in, in the old way of mm-hmm. developing stuff. Impact analysis will take... You know, Whenever you would put a new feature, it would take you like maybe a week to come up with a new feature and to think about uh, what, what uh, you actually need to do, where will you put your code, what you have to do with the data that will be affected by it, and then you would start impact analysis on the system, and that would take a month. Mm. So in the best, best possible <laughs> scenario, it would be out in five weeks.
0: No, but in most companies, as anybody that's worked in a giant enterprise will say, it's normally tens of weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was very so optimistic yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and using the best possible <laughs> scenario that I encountered. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the, for me. Is the terrifying thing about mm-hmm. it is that you know we don't have more companies going uh, using this way of working and see it maybe as even as an overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the reality is is that actually encouraging you to decouple, uh, automating everything mm-hmm. is going to give you the the biggest bang for your buck. So if I'm sat in a company that has lots of let's say suboptimal legacy mm-hmm. systems, then what's my approach? Should I should I try and modernise those systems? Should I try and replace them, or, or what? You know, when I'm looking at trying to go DevOps, what, mm-hmm. what's the approach to take?
1: What I would do is. I mean, from architecture standpoint, not, not necessarily from DevOps standpoint, What what I would do is I would just, you know, first decoupling that I would do, I would decouple data from the technology. I would pull out your data from these legacy uh, applications, which would definitely make possible for uh, new uh, design, new, new architecture and new deployment. And then automatically, when you're starting with developing like new microservice or web service or mobile app, that is using the data that you created in, in legacy source systems then you you should start immediately with uh, DevOps way of thinking and developing and deploying
0: cool so that, that what would was... you
1: say even oh,
2: I, I just wanted to say that for me uh, the biggest uh, obstacle in the those all uh, th- those ways of companies mm-hmm. is the organizational uh, culture because you have on one side you have some uh, infrastructure team that works uh, in, in its own silos, and then you have the developers that work on their own silos. And mm-hmm. like Thomas said, they develop something locally, it works, and they just uh, give it to them to deploy it to, to the real infrastructure. And mm-hmm. that's... Uh, yeah, uh, first of all, you get suboptimal applications. Second of all, it's, they do not really collaborate as they should. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why the, that process is so hard, so, because in today, when you work in cloud, and uh, in most modern workplaces, people to, uh, try to build self-sufficient teams, mm. uh, which DevOps is definitely the uh, first step towards, uh, towards some kind of data mesh where you have teams that can do everything and own the entire product. DevOps for me was some kind of first step where the infrastructure guys and the, the, the software developers work together exactly. and, uh, on, the, on that application and try to, uh, do, to come up to, with the best solution. And, yeah, uh, right. When they work together and mm-hmm. understand the, the problems of each other, uh, then they can uh, develop something like that and develop a pipeline that can optimize uh, both the software engineering skills and the infrastructure skills.
1: Course, fully, so that, agree Trello, fully agree yeah, with Chella. Fully agree with that I, example. I didn't want to go that way <laughs> uh, of of uh, past uh, where where uh, the only thing that was decoupled was people <laughs> who are working on on different systems, different part of infrastructure. Uh, but definitely, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, obviously, that brings people um, together.
0: A perfect target. Cloud's the perfect target for all this kind of stuff. You know. That's yeah. all. It's easier. It's, all it's awesome. perfect because it's easiest to, to do so. So if I if I don't want to go cloud, then mm-hmm. what are my other options with sort of DevOps ways of working?
2: But I mean, for me, it's it's not really a you know game um, what do you call it something that breaks. Yeah. <laughs> a game breaker or whatever. You can deploy. Uh, you you can have DevOps on it's Not a deal breaker. No, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, that that's was yeah. the word I was looking for. Uh, but you need to have an infrastructure and use the tools that enable it. For example, you need. Then you would need to have some kind of uh, Jenkins installed on premise, mm-hmm. some kind of automatization tool that you could use to build those pipelines uh, for application deployment. Then you need uh, you need Kubernetes or something where you could uh, deploy those uh,
0: apps. Uh, and those cloud native apps that were deploying yeah. on there, they run on cloud or on exactly. Prime. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think that containerization and uh, app applications deployed as uh, Docker containers. Give you actually the perfect case for that because yeah. it, that that's the same. I mean, whenever you create something that is cloud agnostic and cloud native, that uh, usually means that it can run on prem too.
2: That's where so, I was going for, mm. and that's something where we strive to to build mm. something cloud agnostic, and mm. you could say on prem agnostic as well. And then if you you can deploy it on prem as well uh, without any issues, and you just need uh, some kind of uh, VMs or whatever. A bare metal, where you can install all those tools that you need and uh, run the tests, uh, deploy, and so on. Yeah.
1: I mean, you, you can do the same thing you do in cloud, but you just have to set up the, the the similar environment. I mean, cloud is not magic box. You know what's happening there. All the provision and managed services are just you know different orchestrations of of application runtimes. You can do that, of course, if you don't want yeah. to go to cloud.
2: And sure. as Tomo said, it's easier in cloud, it's uh, better organized, you have yeah. everything in one place. It's
1: easier.
2: Yeah, it. but, but you can do it on-prem, mm. uh, by it's much harder, you know.
1: Mm.
0: So, cloud first? Yeah, sure, yeah.
1: sure. I mean, yeah. if, if you want to... Cloud first, DevOps
0: enable, well, you hit it, hit it first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I would, I, yeah I, but I would also go like this. So, um, I mean, we have to be realistic. Some companies want to go to cloud, the others don't want. I, I'm, I'm okay with both. The thing is that uh, when you want to try something, when you want to test some, as, as Charles said, hypothesis, or some case, or you want to test, I mean, usually what I want to test is performance. I want to see if my, you know, I have to perform some, some um, data wrangling or something like that, I want to see if that's possible. What I would do, I would go into cloud, because there I can test it immediately. And then I have benchmark, I have all the data that I need, I have code that is, running in POC mode but then I I have to see you know okay I need this kind of resources for my on-prem deployment of that and then I can order hardware I can you know allocate the hardware that is already available in data center otherwise it's just a guess Mm -hmm. and uh, your guesses are based on your experience so that means that you always have to have some experience you know, uh, guru that will say, okay guys, this will be a good environment for you, or it it's all or like you know half of witchcraft.
2: But I would say even then it's if you had the best guru even then it's uh, just a guesstimate. <laughs> and uh, I mean for for example, I from my experience when you try to set up some kind of big data environment on-prem uh, if you work in a big company, it, uh, so the, the entire setup, the ordering, uh, like uh, dimensioning and so on, it, it lasts for a long time. And then you, you, uh, once you set up the infrastructure in six months or so, and you start with your uh, proofs of concept, then it's underutilized for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you develop stuff and it goes to production, and after some time, uh, it's great, the duplications are great, and then in six months times, uh, when you, once you start developing new apps, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't have enough resources, so you need to upgrade it and uh, that process can then again last for six months. Mm. And if you have any kind of issues, uh, you need, first of all you need to have all of that infrastructure on-prem, you need, uh, you need to pay for you, you need some kind of room where to store it, mm. you need people to maintain it, uh, and so on. And if you need, want some upgrades, uh, you need to do it manually. If mm-hmm. you're working in
1: cloud, you don't have to worry about anything like that. Yeah, sure. And yeah. I mean, even if you're working on-prem, uh, by using, you know, uh, Kubernetes cluster, you can address the scaling issue. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not a problem, so you, you can have that, that elasticity that you want to get, but uh, as I said, I would always use cloud for uh, prototyping, always.
0: Cool. Um, so we get back actually then to our DevOps yeah, topic, yeah. and elasticity, <laughs> um, and how important are those things? Do, is there any relationship between elasticity and working in a DevOps way? Or containerization? I mean, we've spoken about that quite a bit as well.
2: About elasticity, uh, I would have to think about it, but containerization definitely. Uh,
0: Just through sure, sheer simplicity of deployment, if nothing else.
2: Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, you can use uh, containers for lots of stuff, for setting up, uh, uh, especially for testing, for example, in those CSCD pipelines. But uh, I mean, if you deploy your app as a container, uh, you build it as a self sufficient environment with everything installed on it, run all those tests, and if it works there, you're certain it will work everywhere. Mm. And uh, that's why it's it's such a good uh, technology cool. to use. Because yes. it say.
0: abstracts the runtime environment that's away true. from the yeah. infrastructure? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else we want to say before we uh, before we close off our first uh, mm. podcast?
1: For the first podcast, now I'm I'm actually looking looking forward to, to the topics that are coming up, in the next ones. So I, I like this format. Cool. A lot.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think we covered everything uh, mm. apart from building our own uh, CSD pipeline. I would say uh, uh, continuous uh, devops is not something uh, that you do uh, at once. it's a journey and you you try to see where you're at you try and you try continuously to improve your maturity and try to improve the time to market, uh, try to get that pipeline to run uh, to, to deploy to production every day, but uh, it's not something you'll, you'll get from day one. It's something that you uh, and the entire team have to work on, you have to grow and uh, in the end, not in the end, but after some time you
1: get to that level. And, and adapt you, yeah, and along the way. You have to adapt along your way. As as Chala uh, said, you know, these are all Quite new technologies, not all of them, but mm. for instance Terraform is. So then, you know, either you will go with your head through a wall and try to force it to do something that shouldn't be done, or pair it together with, for instance, cloud cloud build or some other tools
0: like Terraform
1: or Terraformer. So mm.
0: the, the the key mm. key thing I heard there was, you don't need to do it all on day one. No, yeah, it's it's a journey, but you have and to start. But you have to take yeah. the first step for yes. sure every journey starts with the first step but you sure. don't necessarily have to have everything in place yeah. beforehand yeah. Um, so learn as you go and, and all that kind of stuff yeah.
1: cool. first step or a first jump it depends for, our, you know,
0: yeah.
2: for our. Well, and there are there're many dimensions i would say to devops uh, from uh, from the app uh, development pipeline to the as we mentioned before uh, the infrastructure pipeline but i would say also a culture mindset as well yeah. To try to get your team to work in that dev's manner, and try to uh, the whole company actually that it understands how you work and how you develop and how fast you can develop uh, new features and uh, what it encompasses.
0: And a key part of that then is that decoupling. So any of this sort of scaling frameworks and everything else are effectively yeah. encouraging coupling. Uh, so that's one of the things that, for me, in my experience of uh, mm-hmm. big enterprises. Anytime you try and scale something up, what you're trying to do is solve a giant problem. Mm. Um, actually, what you need to try and do is solve small problems because exactly. it's easy to solve. Big yeah. problems are tough to solve. Yeah, mm. sure. So, um, descaling stuff, decoupling, mm. uh, and sort of using that automation journey, mm. whether initially it just be automating your build or automating the infrastructure and everything else, it's a journey you need to go on and it doesn't all have to be done on day one. Mm. Yeah, and big problems usually consist of? several hundred
1: small problems,
0: exactly. it's never one problem. Uh, I always had that very architecture chat the first time I became an architect at work was, um, you know, you'll nobody will never know who you are, but don't try and solve big problems, break them into small problems and fix them. Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, I, I, thank I you. also i am looking you. forward to the, uh, the next one. Um, if, if anybody here does manage to listen and they're more interested, you can uh, certainly visit Cintio at uh, cintio.net. Uh, come along, have a look at our site and see what we're doing. Uh, and we'll speak to you again. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thank so you.
0: Fun. Bye.